This episode is proudly sponsored by EveryPlate. In 2024, resolve to stop stressing over what's for dinner. EveryPlate provides plenty of delicious variety with more than 25 tasty and affordable recipes that change every week. So it's easy to find something flavorful and satisfying for every meal of the day. Plus, add even more delicious options to your order with over 25 convenient sides, breakfast items, lunches, snacks, desserts, and more. Get a meal for $1.49 plus $1 steaks for life by going to everyplate.com slash podcast and entering code 49invisible. That's everyplate.com slash podcast and enter code 49invisible. Subscription must be active to qualify and redeem $1 steak. And is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. me and my roommate immediately were like oh my gosh and we locked our doors and shut all of our blinds and just tried to be as not noticeable as possible law enforcement we've said it before and we'll say it again it's one of the most high-risk jobs out there and whatever your personal political views are and whatever your thoughts are of the police in general. The work these men and women set out to do on a daily basis is fraught with potential danger. I think we can all agree upon that. If not, I'm sure we'll hear about it in the Apple Podcast reviews. Still, signing up to put oneself in harm's way just to earn a living wage isn't for everyone. But thankfully, many do choose this often honorable career path. Police officers receive extensive training in relation to protocol, firearms, and more. We all know that. But at the end of the day, they're people just like you and I. And people, as we know, make mistakes. Unlike a desk job, however, slipping up while on the clock while in uniform can cost you much more than a write-up from your boss or that warning email from HR. It could cost you your life. One false move. A single delayed reaction, even just a fraction of a second fluke, can sway that pendulum and make all the difference as to whether or not that police officer will make it home at the end of their shift. And while most do, some do not. In the early morning hours of Monday, October 9th, 2017, campus police received a call of shots fired coming from inside of a Texas Tech University dorm. When officers arrived, residents of the dorm said that their roommate, 19-year-old sophomore Hollis Daniels, had allegedly fired a single round inside of his bedroom. The roommates informed police that they heard the shot at about 2 a.m. that morning. They said at the time that they texted Daniels from inside their shared unit to ask what the noise was, at which point he replied by saying that he had accidentally dropped something. Clearly, this was not the case, considering how loud the blast was, and eventually Hollis Daniels admitted that he had accidentally misfired his weapon into the ceiling of his bedroom. According to the report, at one point, a roommate of Hollis Daniels witnessed him holding what was believed to be a 9mm handgun. It's unclear if Hollis Daniels was actually present when officers first arrived, but when authorities knocked on his door, they received no answer. However, they could smell an odor of marijuana coming from behind Hollis Daniels' bedroom door. At the time, authorities did not attempt to make entry into his room, and they were unsuccessful in making contact with him during this particular early morning visit. Campus police ultimately left the dorm suite only to return several hours later, at around 6 p.m. that evening. During this, their second visit, 48-year-old Officer Floyd East Jr. and his partner, Officer Snelson, were first to arrive on scene. Texas Tech Police Department, if you don't open up, we're keying in. From Officer Snelson's body cam, Officer East is pictured knocking on the dorm of the dorm room number 134 several times with no answer. And after announcing his intent to make entry... Officer East then produces a key, which authorities received from university staff since their last visit. 
The footage then shows Officer East opening up the door and he and his partner entering the dorm room. The video shows the two officers walking into a rather barren living area. There's not much inside except for a couch, a television, and what appears to be a stack of Xbox video games. Given that the school year had just started weeks before, it's safe to assume the students living here had just recently moved into the quad-style suite. Officers then call out from inside the unit before making contact with one of the roommates, who they hadn't met until just now. The young man appeared to have been sleeping and was woken up by the officer's loud knocking. Hey, what's up, man? What's your name? Andy. Andy? Is that who we're looking for? No, we're looking for Hollis. I just woke up. I'm sorry. That's okay. What do you know about your partner that lives in this room down here? Hollis Daniels? Hollis? I don't know a whole lot about him. I don't know. I haven't haven't really hung out with these guys a whole lot. Okay. While roommate Andy is just waking up, he explains to officers that he doesn't really even know the other guys in his suite including Hollis Daniels, despite living just feet away from him. This may sound strange, but this kind of ad hoc living arrangement isn't actually that unusual. Being thrown into a dorm suite with three random people is actually quite common in most college dorm scenarios. Officer Snelson then goes on to ask Andy about the gunshot that was reported. Did you hear it or see anything kind of weird last night, in the middle of the night? Last night? Mm Mm-hmm. No, I got in kind of late last night because I went home for the weekend. Andy can be heard stating that he was on his way back to school from his parents' house at the time the shot allegedly went off in the dorm, and genuinely seemed to have no idea what was going on. The young man presumably goes back to bed, and the two officers continue their sweep of the residence. Next, they approached Hollis Daniels' room, a student who allegedly fired a gun indoors. Unlike their first visit, officers do make entry into his bedroom this time. However, Hollis Daniels wasn't there. It was around this time when another officer showed up on scene, and after a quick scan of the suspect's bedroom, authorities noticed a marking on the wall, one that appeared to have recently been touched up with paint. Oh, it looks like just a paint tube. What's that up there? Covered up? Yeah, some kind of touch-up paint right there. Is there more touch-up? All three of the officers are seen on body cam searching for a bullet hole. Seconds later, they find something else. There's a gun right here. A revolver. Officer Snelson's body cam footage shows him discovering a long barrel revolver, resting on Hollis Daniels' bookshelf. Officers then pan their flashlights toward a cluttered desk, which is littered with loose pills, a can of CO2, as well as various drug paraphernalia tucked inside of the drawers. Looks like uh, all this is why he didn't want to answer earlier for us. Still not seeing any holes. Despite what Hollis Daniels' roommates reported earlier, police were unable to find definitive proof that he had fired a weapon inside of his bedroom. The marking on the wall could have been from a small caliber round, sure, but at the time, authorities couldn't be certain. It was at this point they decided to shift the focus of their investigation toward the evidence they did have, which appeared to be a plethora of illegal controlled substances found in Hollis Daniels' room. Officer Snelson then puts on a pair of latex gloves, and authorities begin processing the drugs found on the student's desk. Yeah, go ahead and grab a bag, and then we'll start packaging this up. The officers then locate a pill bottle that showed a prescription that had been filled just months before. March 27th of this year, so it's for erythromycin, but generic Xanax is alprazolam, so. And then I don't know what those pills are, but there's another Xanax in there. And East, when I was looking inside this box, it looks like there's a little bag with some marijuana, maybe. Just when officers thought they'd found about everything, they discovered even more drugs. Yeah, and there is more contraband inside the box. Oh, yes, sir. There's a pipe and another baggie and more Xanax. Wherever Hollis Daniels was, things weren't looking good for him at this point. Luckily, this time around, officers didn't have to look too far for him. Moments after finding his collection of illegal controlled substances and in true sitcom fashion, the man himself walked through the front door at around 6.30 p.m. 
Hang on, what's your name, bud? Sorry, buddy. What's, what's up? What's your name? Andreas. No, it's not. Out of all of the fake names to provide, Hollis Daniels, who is a Caucasian male with long red hair and blue eyes, chose Andreas. We've already talked to your other three roommates. We know what they look like. That was a good try, though. This episode is proudly sponsored by Rocket Money. Okay, you all know I've been a longtime Rocket Money subscriber and that I love it for finding those pesky forgotten subscriptions. But I got to tell you about a recent situation that Rocket Money saved me again. You know, I always monitor the recurring monthly charges through Rocket Money. And this past month, I realized that my automatic deduction for life insurance didn't come out as it usually does. And it was actually due to some type of error on my agent's end. So I was able to correct the problem before they terminated the policy. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills. I can see all of my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something that I don't want, I can literally cancel it with a tap. I never have to get on the phone with customer service or spend hours exchanging emails. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. So, stop wasting your money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash invisible. That's rocketmoney.com slash invisible. Rocketmoney.com slash invisible. This episode is also proudly brought to you by Green Chef. Look, most of you already know I'm a huge fan of convenience, especially when it comes to meal planning. But in 2024, I need to make some significant changes after some recent heart issues. Yeah, my physician wants me to go on the Mediterranean diet. And this is one of the reasons why I love Green Chef. Green Chef makes eating well easy with plans to fit every lifestyle. And whether you're keto, paleo, vegetarian, gluten-free, or just looking to make balanced meals, Green Chef offers a range of weekly recipes that suit your needs and your preferences. You can let Green Chef take all of the guesswork out of eating clean with their curated, nutritionist-approved recipes featuring organic fruits and vegetables, organic cage-free eggs, and even sustainably sourced seafood. They deliver everything you need to eat clean the easy way this new year. So nourish your body with chef-crafted, nutritionist-approved recipes packed with clean ingredients that support your healthy lifestyle and taste great too. With Green Chef, you can count on meals that are not only good for your taste buds, but also good for your body and good for the planet. To get started, go to greenchef.com slash 60invisible and use code 60invisible to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. Again, go to greenchef.com slash 60invisible and use code 60invisible to get 60% off plus 20% off your next two months. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. The body camera footage shows Hollis Daniels taken by surprise as he's met by officers in the doorway. He made an effort to back out and leave, but police promptly escorted him back inside. Daniels is then ordered to take a seat on the couch in his own living room. He looks nervous in the video. Seconds later, Officer Snelson orders him to stand up. Here, stand up for me real quick. Do you have any weapons or anything on you? Interlace your fingers on top of your head. Hollis Daniels can be seen on camera wearing a backwards snapback hat, holding a 20-ounce soda bottle as Officer Snelson begins patting him down. What is this called? Keep, keep your hands right there, okay? I'll explain it to you as soon as I get done. Spread your feet out a little for me. What's all in this pocket? Uh, money. Money? Yeah, I can take it out. Officer Snelson then removes a wad of cash from Hollis Daniels' pocket and carefully places it on the couch. Meanwhile, Officer East stands watch over the search from a safe distance away. Is it okay to just empty out all your pockets while we're doing this? Uh, do you have don't move your hands. Uh, do you have I'm asking you a question. Uh, no, I don't. From the tone of Daniel's voice, he's clearly shaken. He hesitates when the officer asks if he has any weapons on him. And later, when he's asked permission to search all of his pockets... Daniels can be heard saying that he does not consent. Officer Snelson ignores him and continues on with the routine procedure anyways. It's at this point where the body cam footage shows Officer Snelson discovering a prescription pill bottle on Hollis Daniels' person. What kind of pills you got in that bottle? Uh, this is my prescription. 
have the Prozac. The body camera lens is obstructed by Daniel's clothing at this point in the search. However, from the report, we know that the suspect is being thoroughly searched, specifically around his waistline, his pants pockets, and his pant legs at this specific point in the video. You understand my uh, skepticism when you say, Of course. I can empty that pocket, I can empty part of this pocket. And so, what's your real name then? Hollis Elvin James Reed Daniels III. It's a hell of a name. Why'd you give us a fake name? Okay, because I don't know. What's going on? In terms of going by the book, both officers have done everything right up to this point. Officer Snelson is on high alert and becomes rightfully leery after the suspect allows him to search only some of his pockets, but not others. Meanwhile, his partner, Officer East, stands feet away in the doorway, with his eyes glued to Daniel's. East can also be heard ordering the 19-year-old to face forward at one point repeatedly, which of course is best practice for everyone's safety at a time like this. After discovering the cash and bottle of pills inside Hollis Daniel's pockets, Officer Snelson allows him to sit back down on the couch. Officer East then approaches Daniels and begins asking him about the gun. He allegedly fired indoors just hours before. So what happened last night? Uh, there was no gunshot. In here? That's what we're told. By who? Somebody that heard it. Oh, no, 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 yeah, I didn't, no, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't even here last night, I was over at my buddy, uh, uh, 28th Street. While he has admitted that his real name is, in fact, Hollis Daniels and not Andreas, from his body language and stammering speech, officers know that he's not telling the truth. One thing he was honest about, however, is when he informs the officers that he was pulled over the night before by Lubbock police. In fact, I got pulled over last night on the way back from 28th Street. What time was that? We'll come back to the traffic stop he's referencing, but for now, Daniels goes on to ask if there's anything else he should be concerned about, as he's probably realized that police have already searched through his entire room. Is there anything else that, that also with the welfare check, we came into the room, and there's all sorts of paraphernalia over here. Okay. Also, you have pills, prescription bottle that doesn't belong to you. Uh, okay. Can you explain that? I don't know, After Officer East confronts Daniels with the several pills and prescription bottle, which was not issued in his name, he's read his Miranda rights. He's just going to uh, read you your rights before we ask any more questions, okay? Officer Snelson's body cam then shows Daniels sitting on the couch, uneasily fidgeting with his hands and placing his fingers over his mouth. It's clear that he knows he's in some sort of legal trouble at this point. Daniels then asks if he's going to receive a ticket or if he's under arrest, to which Officer Snelson answers somewhat ambiguously by saying they need to ask him a few more questions first. When Officer East inquires yet again about the contraband found in his room, Hollis Daniels attempts to minimize the situation by stating that he smokes weed on occasion and simply had a few pills in his possession. No big deal, right? Wrong, Andreas. Because to a police officer, you see, the several loose Xanax pills look a lot like Class A possession of a controlled substance, which, depending upon how many pills there actually are, and there were a lot, this offense could easily constitute a felony drug charge, especially in the state of Texas. In terms of protecting himself, this is the exact point where Daniels should have stopped talking but he puts his foot in his mouth by answering Officer Snelson's next question. So you don't have a prescription for Xanax? That's a lot of Xanax for one person. Uh, well, I'm not distributing anything. Paulus Daniels has just confessed, on camera, mind you, to the illegal possession of controlled substances, which is all officers need to make an arrest. He tries to redeem himself by claiming that the drugs are for personal use and not for resale, but it doesn't help much. Officer Snelson then asks him what the can of CO2 is for, to which Daniel says it's for his pellet gun, explaining that he uses it to shoot squirrels. Uh, honestly, I haven't even loaded it since I got here. Uh, back home, we used to just uh, shoot squirrels and stuff. I thought it'd be kind of fun, but then I realized I got here there's not many squirrels here. You know yeah. what I'm saying? 
Well, it's just you know it, it kind of it kind of when like when it, whenever we first went in, that was one of the first things we saw, and it's yeah, kind of like with the information we had at the time, yeah, 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 yeah. it's kind of like you know yeah. it's a uh, it looks bad at first sight. I mean, there's we've it seen is bad. it is bad. we've seen I can't even tell you how many CO two guns I've seen oh, um, yeah, yeah, doing yeah. this, but you know most of the time it's kind of in a drawer or something. Right. Where, I, I, I don't even know where I left it up. We're only left to believe here that the long barrel revolver officers found on Daniel's bookshelf is actually a CO2-powered pellet gun and not an illegal firearm. Daniels then asked the officer about the search of his room and if authorities actually had any legal basis to do so. So y'all, so y'all are legally allowed to uh, unlock my room whenever, um, whenever there's a gunshot? Yeah, whenever we're, if we're doing a check to make sure that you know, for life purposes, right, for of course, yeah. an emergency purpose like that, we can. Yes, sir. Surely attempting to avoid a conversation about the drugs found in his room altogether, Daniels decides to revisit the traffic stop he mentioned earlier. He attempts to use this as an alibi, claiming that he couldn't possibly have fired a gun off in his dorm room because when the shot allegedly went off, he wasn't home and he was getting pulled over by Lubbock, Texas police several blocks away. What time did, did the shot go off? Because if, you, if, you, look, know, if you look up the police reports from uh, Officer, what's his name? It was Duckworth, Officer Duckworth. Uh, we, had, we went through this whole thing. Daniels then proceeded to reveal a bit too much information to Officer Snelson. He said that the reason he was pulled over was because his friends called the police to report that he had stolen one of their guns from a residence nearby just hours before which to officers seemed an incredibly specific and relevant coincidence, given the circumstances. They, they thought that I stole their gun, and so then they fucking, uh, and so then they went to search my car. You can look, and I see, uh, you can look at his, uh, what time he pulled me over, and I bet that whatever time the gunshot was reported won't, won't actually, because I, that wasn't. It was Duckworth? Duckworth. With the Lubbock Police Department? Yes. Texas Tech Police won't connect the dots until much later when it's far too late. But Daniel's overall story and general timeline doesn't exactly add up. Hollis Daniels was pulled over by Lubbock Police at around 1 a.m. on Monday, October 9th, just as he said. However, his roommates reported the gun going off at closer to 2 a.m., about an hour later. Let's listen now to some of the actual body cam audio from that earlier traffic stop, when Hollis Daniels allegedly had a gun on him at the time he was pulled over. Hey, what's going on, man? Okay, what's going on tonight, man? Uh, where were you coming from? Old buddy's house. Why don't you guys step out for me, okay? Why is that, sir? We got a call about you going over there. Uh, who? Huh? Huh? Say what now? We got a call about you causing a disturbance. A disturbance? Yeah, over at your friend's house. While officers were en route to the residence where the gun had allegedly been stolen from, they spotted Hollis Daniels' vehicle. In addition to the potential robbery, the suspect's friends claimed that Hollis Daniels had threatened to kill them. When authorities approached his driver's side window, Daniels immediately denied making such threats and claimed to have no knowledge whatsoever of a stolen gun. Do you have any guns or any weapons in the vehicle? Any drugs or anything like that? Okay, so why is your buddy calling us? I, I have no idea, sir. Because I guess he didn't, I don't know. I don't know. The body camera again shows Hollis Daniels exhibiting signs of extreme nervousness during the traffic stop. The officer asks him to step out of the vehicle, but he refuses. Step out here and talk to me, man, okay? Okay. Is that necessary, sir? Yeah, it is necessary, okay? okay. But I gotta figure out what's going on, man. Daniels can be heard as stuttering as he remains inside of his SUV. It's around this point when he begins to ramble about how he'd gotten into an altercation with his friends over a lost cell phone. We had a little dispute, and he, he knocked me on the floor, and so I thought that I went back and around and looked to see if my phone fell out because I lost my phone. Okay. And so, uh, and it wasn't, he didn't, he didn't hurt, it just, I ended up on the floor, you know, he wasn't assaulting me or anything like that, it wasn't like that. Um, but I went back to look for my thing and probably he was probably look. I saw him looking at me out the window thinking, you know what I mean? Like, you know, what's he doing here? But I was just looking for my phone real quick, but I couldn't find it. So I just headed out. Now I'm heading back to talking to him, sir. Okay. What he's saying here makes zero sense. 
after providing what is clearly a fake story. Daniels informs the officer that he was simply on his way back to the dorms. He's then asked yet again to exit his vehicle, at which point he finally does. Daniels is then patted down and searched by the side of the road. Minutes later, another police officer shows up and asks Hollis Daniels more sternly than his partner this time if he has a weapon in the vehicle. You got a gun inside the vehicle? Yes, sir. You don't have a gun inside the vehicle? Yes, sir. You have a gun on, on your person? Yes, sir. Why? No, you I, you, I, I you have him down. Yeah, I have him down. You care if we search your vehicle? Yes, sir. I have a vehicle. Thanks, sir. Oh, for you don't want us to search your vehicle? Yeah, but not because I don't have a gun. I just, I just don't, I don't have to that. I, there's no, it's not necessary. I'm on the way home. No, it is necessary because right now you're involved in, in an investigation. Oh, no, sir. No. Where are you coming from? I was coming from my buddy's house. I, I just explained to him. Hollis Daniels is well within his right to refuse consent to search his SUV. Despite receiving reports about a stolen firearm and that authorities were almost certain there was one inside of the silver BMW, they didn't have a warrant to conduct the search. Okay, so you don't want me to search, though? Yes, sir. You don't? Yes, sir. I cannot search your vehicle for a gun? Yes, sir. Okay, then hang on to him. I'm going to go there and see what's going on on that side, then I'll be back over here. Okay. So, might as well just put it in the back of your vehicle. Okay. All right. Law enforcement had their hands tied. There wasn't much of anything else they could do. And after a brief visit to the back of a patrol car, Hollis Daniels was free to leave. But not before he's given a word of caution and advice from one of the police officers. Sounds like you might have to make some new friends, man. <laughs> you can carry on with your night, man. Be home safe, buddy. New Hindsight is always 2020. However, had Hollis Daniels' vehicle been searched that morning, a truly horrific tragedy more than likely could have been averted altogether. This episode is proudly sponsored by Squarespace. Look, you already know if you're doing anything online today, you need a beautiful, responsive website, especially if you're a small business or building some type of brand. That's why I love and have trusted Squarespace for years to help me build out several online brands and websites, including InvisibleChoir.com. Squarespace is the all-in-one website design platform for entrepreneurs that helps you stand out and succeed online. One of the things I love are their easy-to-use built-in features that make creating a website for your business super simple and easy. For example, at InvisibleChoir.com, we use Squarespace's blog feature, which helps you to share stories, photos, videos, and even podcast episodes in a neatly organized manner. And we even have it set up so individual posts populate automatically on our main page. We also use Squarespace's analytics feature to track page views and see what areas of our site that our listeners visit most. And coming in 2024, we've been building out our online merch store using Squarespace's comprehensive online store feature which allows you to easily sell your products online, whether you sell physical, digital, or service products. To get started with your own site, head on over to squarespace.com slash choir to sign up for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, enter code choir to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com forward slash choir and use code choir to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Squarespace. Hours later now and back at the dorm, Officer Snelson was recorded on body cam, jotting down Hollis Daniels' half-true story about the traffic stop in his notepad. While Texas Tech police didn't have enough to take him in on a weapons charge, they eventually informed Hollis Daniels that he was under arrest for possession regarding the extensive collection of drugs found in his room. Go ahead and stand up. Am I under arrest? Sure. Damn, how long is that? What's the bond and stuff, you know? Uh, I don't know. We'll have to, it all depends on the weight and how much of the pills there are to kind of determine the... Yeah. As Officer East is seen placing Daniels in the handcuffs, Officer Snelson's body camera shows the suspect grabbing in his pants pocket with his hands behind his back. Okay, keep hands on your pockets. As he's being escorted to a nearby squad car, Daniels asks if he can reach down to tie his shoe all out in the hallway. Can I tell my shoe, sir? We, we don't got a long walk. We're going to be right there. The officer denies his request by telling Daniels that he'll hold him up if he falls. The two then continue walking until they reach a police cruiser that's parked out front. Go and have a seat. Yes, sir. 
cozy back here. <laughs> After making a lighthearted joke about how comfortable the back of the squad car is, Daniels is informed that he'll first be taken to the university's police station before being transported and booked into the county jail. It'll be a short ride. Alright. I'm gonna take you to Texas Tech PD. We'll do some paperwork and then we'll transfer you to county. It shouldn't take too long. What appeared it to be nothing more than the common arrest of a college student caught with illegal drugs ultimately took a horrific turn when officers least expected it. Nineteen-year-old college sophomore Hollis Daniels arrived at the Texas Tech police station about 10 minutes after 7 p.m. on Monday, October 9th, 2017. Considering that he's been reasonably polite and compliant with the police to this point, the officer tells Daniels he'll be removed from his handcuffs as they're entering the building. You cooperate with me? We'll go ahead and pull these cuffs off a little bit, okay? Yeah. At approximately 7.14 p.m., Officer East can be seen on body cam unlocking the suspect's restraints before Daniels is brought into a small briefing room. At some point, Officer Snelson, Officer East, and the suspect, Hollis Daniels, are all inside of that briefing room together, but Officer Snelson soon heads back to his own office. At 7.24 p.m., a security camera from inside of the briefing room where Daniels is currently being held shows the suspect alone and unsupervised. He's seen sitting in a chair as he begins to look around while slowly reaching toward his right pant leg. Sometime later, Officer Floyd East Jr. re-enters the room and sits at a desktop computer, directly to Hollis Daniels' right. Then, less than a half hour later, as Officer East is typing the suspect's information into the database, Officer Snelson hears a single gunshot ring out at approximately 7.44 p.m. Officer Snelson's body cam shows him drawing his weapon as he rushes down the hallway and into the briefing room where Daniels was being booked in. He turned to the corner, only to find his partner, Officer East, slumped over in his chair, bleeding out from an apparent gunshot wound to the back of the head. In addition, the suspect, 19-year-old Hollis Daniels, was no longer in that room. 658, the PD is not secure. Officer Snelson can be heard radioing dispatch, reporting an officer down and a suspect now on the run. From his perspective, the body camera footage shows Snelson returning to the hallway, this time with his gun drawn, as he and multiple other officers scan the remaining rooms of the police station as they frantically search for Hollis Daniels. I'm about to 25 with you at the end of the briefing hallway. I need you to help me clear this building. I've cleared down this hallway. The men's bathroom. Snelson's body camera shows him and another officer with their backs pressed against the wall as they cautiously enter the men's bathroom. After pushing each of the stall doors open with one hand, both officers are seen with their duty firearms in the other. It's around this time when authorities realize that Hollis Daniels is no longer in the building. EMS arrived just moments later, but it was already too late. 48-year-old Officer Floyd East Jr. had already succumbed to the single gunshot wound to the back of his head while sitting at the computer chair inside of the Texas Tech University Police Station. Immediately following the murder of a Texas Tech police officer, the university issued the following emergency warning via their Twitter account. A shooting has been reported at TTU Police Department. Shooter is at large. The campus is on lockdown. Take shelter. Authorities had no clue where Hollis Daniels was. They also had no indication of how he produced the weapon used to kill Officer East. When Officer Snelson ran to find his lifeless body, Officer East's firearm was still secured and holstered to his hip. What was missing was his police-issued body cam, which appeared to have been stripped off of his uniform. In addition, a single 45 caliber shell was located near the victim's body. Units from state, local, and federal agencies were soon dispatched. As the hunt for 19-year-old Hollis Daniels was underway, Officer Snelson was eventually questioned by Lubbock Police back at the Texas Tech Station. I 
I was down the hall in my office and I heard the gunshot. And whenever, I wasn't sure what it was and I ran down here to see and I saw him laying there like that and scanned the room, nothing. And then I started clearing the immediate area around the room. And once I got some more units, we cleared the interior of the building, but we didn't have enough units to clear the outside. The officer taking the report then asked Officer Snelson about the initial search of Hollis Daniels and if he had been thoroughly patted down before he was taken into custody. I guess so. I hadn't been in here since we got here. I heard the gunshot, but that was it. Yeah, he was searched. Apparently not. An hour after the shooting, the university issued another warning. Campus remains on lockdown. Police officers brought suspect to station for debriefing. Suspect shot an officer, fled on foot, still at large. Hollis Daniels was finally spotted at 9.08 p.m., less than a mile away from where the shooting took place. Daniels tried to make a run for it, but a Texas Tech police officer caught up to him and tackled him to the ground near the Citibank Coliseum in Lubbock, Texas. Roughly 90 minutes after Officer East was murdered, 19-year-old university student Hollis Daniels was apprehended at approximately 9.26 p.m. While Daniels was literally being carried on all fours by law enforcement after refusing to walk on his own, university students recorded a cell phone videos from their dorm rooms, documenting a sea of red and blue police lights down below. Oh, look, they're coming out. See them over there? <laughs> look, hey, y'all see them against the building over there? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Where, 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 where? Uh, uh, the far building. But so there's like, oh, yeah, they're walking oh, yeah, across yeah. it. Yeah. When Daniels was captured, Officer East's partially damaged body camera was located nearby. A loaded 45 caliber handgun, believed to be the murder weapon, was also discovered in a drainage area close to the Texas Tech police station. As he was being taken into custody, Hollis Daniels reportedly stated the following to one of the arresting officers. I'm the one who shot your friend. Daniels was then forced to wear a spit mask before being transported to the Lubbock, Texas police station. Less than an hour after Hollis Daniels' arrest, the Texas Tech chief of police addressed the media. Earlier tonight, uh, our officers, Texas Tech Police Department, uh, did a welfare check on a student. Um, During the welfare check, they found some suspicious uh, material. Uh, The student was taken into custody, was brought back here per our standard operating procedures to the department to be debriefed and processed to be taken to jail. Um, Somehow during the debriefing, um, the suspect produced a nine, well, a weapon, have yet to be determined the details of that, um, and mortally wounded one of our officers, uh, mortally, yeah. Um, And uh, he escaped from that point. Um, and LPD, Sheriff's Office, and including some federal agencies helped us with the apprehension. Um, and just about 30 minutes ago, I believe, it's kind of a time crunch and lost in time here, um, one of our officers uh, saw the suspect in the C4 parking lot, which is on the east side, um, west side of the stadium, uh, got in a foot pursuit, uh, tackled the officer, t- tackled the suspect, took him into custody, um, And at that point, we turned him over to uh, LPD uh, to take him into custody and to take him into the jail. It was later revealed that after Daniels fled following the murder, he actually made it all the way back inside of his dormitory hall. However, after noticing the widespread police presence, he reportedly fled the building. Authorities also confirmed that he then attempted to reach his vehicle. However, by the time Daniels got there, it had already been seized. After the police chief spoke, the university president followed up to provide a formal statement to the campus community as well. I would just say that at this time, the family of the deceased officer will be in the prayers of the entire Texas Tech community. In the coming days, we'll be be offering our full support to that family. I want to express my appreciation to the Texas Tech Police Department, the Lubbock Police Department, the Sheriff's Department, and other local, state, and federal agencies that have assisted us during this tragic event. I'll be releasing a communication to the Texas Tech community that will include detailed information about support services available to students, faculty, and staff. 
classes and operations will resume at the normal hours tomorrow morning. Floyd East Jr. was born on August 14, 1969, to parents Gloria and Floyd Sr. He spent most of his adolescent years in El Paso, Texas. After graduating from Andrews High School in 1988, Floyd went on to earn his associate's degree in microcomputer technology in 2001. Years later, he entered at the police academy before taking a job as a Texas Tech University police officer. Floyd was adventurous. He liked to surf and scuba dive. On land, he enjoyed rebuilding cars and was an expert carpenter as well. He was also a volunteer, a man who routinely visited sick children who were dying of cancer in the hospital out of the kindness of his own heart. He is remembered as a family man who devoted his life to his wife Carmen and their two daughters, Anna and Monica. Hours after his life was tragically taken in the line of duty, the now-confessed shooter, Hollis Daniels, told investigators that he, quote, messed up and did something illogical. While he was being held inside of a different holding area, this time facing a capital murder charge for killing a police officer, Hollis Daniels was allowed to have his handcuffs removed once again. Not only that, he was allowed access to his personal cell phone, at which time he decided to call his sister just after 11 p.m. the night of the murder. Hollis Daniels' sister Carrie can be heard on speakerphone, recorded from a security camera in the holding room. The video shows her brother Hollis Daniels casually chatting barefoot as he sits on a chair in the far corner of the room. During the call, his sister can be heard advising him not to say anything more to police without an attorney present, at which point Hollis Daniels asks if he can speak to their father. Hey, Dad. I love you. I'm just taking it easy right now. Uh, we're waiting for something to happen. I think they're going to take me to county jail. Man, Dad, Dad I'm sorry that, that this is something that... I know you're disappointed and all that, and I know that I always do this to you, but... You haven't let me down at all. I've let you down. You've let me, I've let you down. It's a little difficult to make out what Daniel's father is saying from the audio capture, but he can be heard apologizing to his son for not being there for him, expressing that he hopes he didn't let him down. He tells his son they'll, quote, get through this together. During the conversation with his dad, Hollis Daniels demonstrates a complete detachment from reality when he tells his father that he thinks he'll probably get kicked out of Texas Tech for what he's done. Prior to hanging up the phone, he can be heard telling his father that he loves him once more, and then goes on to state the following. I'm stupid. I just get in that zone, and then I think, you know what? I'm unstoppable. At one point after his arrest, Daniels also requested that officers end his life by stating, quote, Why don't y'all just kill me and say it was an accident? In the last few hours, we learned much more about that officer. He's been identified as 48-year-old Floyd East Jr. Police say he was shot in the head by Hollis Daniels, and it all unfolded inside the Texas Tech police station. Police say Daniels was being brought in for drugs when he opened fire. Police still haven't said where he got the gun. By the following day, news of the Texas Tech shooting and murder of 48-year-old police officer Floyd East Jr. had spread across the nation. On October 10th, a Texas Tech student who had taken classes with Hollis Daniels also spoke with the media, 
she said that after seeing his mugshot, she couldn't believe what he was being accused of, and that Daniels never showed any signs of concerning behavior, at least while in school. He honestly was pretty quiet, like came to class and just kind of sat in the back or like in one of the corners and didn't really talk. It was also revealed that before Officer East was murdered, Hollis Daniels' roommate notified his mother Janice to tell her that he had a gun and that he was a potential danger to himself and to others. At this time, his mother Janice called the crisis hotline, who subsequently put her in touch with local police. However, by then, it was already too late. By the time Janice got a hold of law enforcement, Officer East had already been killed. The officer who spoke with her on the phone informed her of the news and that her 19-year-old son, Hollis Daniels, was the one responsible. The one question that remained unanswered, however, was when and how Hollis Daniels obtained the firearm used to kill Officer East inside of that police station. As mentioned before, the murder weapon was a 45 caliber handgun, which was also the same type of gun Daniels' friends had reported stolen. Two days after the murder, Lubbock, Texas Chief of Police Greg Stevens defended his officers during a press conference as it related to the traffic stop and the gun that was more than likely in Daniels' SUV at the time. They're faced with a circumstance of whether or not to search this vehicle. They asked for consent, and that was refused. They entertained whether or not they had enough to search it without that consent, and they did not. There was not enough probable cause to search it uh, on its own, nor to get a warrant for the vehicle. Uh, they, they thought there might be perhaps even drugs in the vehicle. Uh, they looked into whether or not a drug dog was available to come in and sniff the vehicle, and there was not one available. They looked at a few avenues, ultimately, it would have been unconstitutional for the officers to search the vehicle. There was no arrestable charge. There was nothing to hold the individual on at that time, so they released him. Still, this doesn't explain how Daniels was able to make it inside of the Texas Tech police station with that weapon. He was searched and was patted down, as we could see from Officer Snelson's body cam footage. When Lubbock Police Chief Greg Stevens opened the floor for questions, this was the first thing local media sources, as well as everyone else, was desperate to learn. Unfortunately, he was able to gain access to a weapon. Um, and he shouldn't have been. Uh, however, he did. These kinds of vague answers are frustrating yet necessary during the early stages of any criminal investigation. But what the police chief didn't reveal at this time was that when Hollis Daniels was searched at the dorm, a stolen 45 caliber handgun was tucked in his waistband, and while he was being patted down, the gun at some point slipped and fell into Hollis Daniels' crotch area. And by some bizarre twist of the most unfortunate fate, each time Officer Snelson frisked an area of the suspect's person, he just missed contact with the gun each time. And as the search continued, the weapon fell further down Hollis Daniels' pants, until it ultimately landed wedged at the bottom of his pant leg, which is also more than likely why he asked to tie his shoe on the way to the squad car. He somehow managed to keep the weapon from falling out completely until he was sitting in the back of the cruiser, at which point a thud sound rang out, heard only by the suspect when the loaded pistol landed by Daniel's feet on the police car floor. On the short drive from the dormitory hall to the campus police station, Hollis Daniels managed to position his handcuffs out from behind his back, just enough to reach down and grab the gun. He was then able to tuck the firearm into his shoe and right ankle. And once inside the police station, Hollis Daniels was released from his restraints. And at 7.44 p.m. on October 9, 2017, he quietly reached for his right pant leg, produced the handgun, and shot Officer East in the back of the head. While he wouldn't comment on Texas Tech police policy in regards to why Daniels was released from his handcuffs, Chief Greg Stevens did offer up the following statement with regard to mistakes that were made, which ultimately led to Officer Floyd East Jr.'s murder. If everything always went perfectly, sadly, we wouldn't be good at doing police funerals. Hollis Daniels was charged with capital murder and the shooting death of Officer Floyd East Jr., and was subsequently held on a $5 million bond. While he was being transferred to the Lubbock County Detention Center, 
Daniels noticed a news camera, at which point he asked the officer escorting him if he was going to be famous. A month later, in November of 2017, a judge issued a gag order on the case, prohibiting media from obtaining any official documents or files that could eventually be used as evidence in court. That gag order would be extended through 2019, when the wife of fallen officer Floyd East Jr. filed a wrongful death suit against Texas Tech, seeking over $1 million in damages. In February of 2023, Hollis Daniels' capital murder trial finally began, roughly five long years after Officer Floyd East Jr. was tragically murdered. Tomorrow, the capital murder trial will begin for the man accused of shooting and killing a Texas Tech police officer in 2017. Hollis Daniels, who's now 24 years old, faces the death penalty or life in prison without parole. The former Texas Tech student is accused of killing Officer Floyd East Jr. at the university's police department. Ahead of court proceedings, Hollis Daniels entered an open guilty plea in the shooting death of Texas Tech police officer Floyd East Jr., what this meant was that the defendant was admitting to murder. However, a deal was not met with the prosecution in regards to what his ultimate punishment would be, meaning the state was seeking the death penalty. In other words, this wasn't a plea deal. Instead, it was perhaps the only way Hollis Daniels might avoid the death penalty. This determination would not be made by a judge at a bench trial, it would ultimately be left up to a jury of his peers to decide whether or not the now 24-year-old killer would live or die. In the opening days of the trial, jurors heard several recorded phone calls, specifically calls between Daniels and his family members while he was in jail. Of that audio captured, Daniels can be heard asking his father about the media and public interest surrounding his capital murder case, at times sounding unusually proud of the notoriety he had received. The jury also heard Daniels in one of the recordings say, quote, that's kind of cool, in response to his father, after he'd informed his son of a particular news outlet mentioning his name. Jail staff members also testified, stating that after this particular phone call, Daniels told them that murdering Officer East was his first killing, and that he didn't know how he felt about it. In addition, Daniels made comments such as, fuck the police and I hope you get fucking shot too while in jail. The defense did their best to paint Hollis Daniels as a troubled young man who was plagued with depression and suicidal ideations, opposed to the cold-hearted killer the state portrayed him as. Daniels' attorneys also mentioned how he came from a well-to-do family who owned the Palace Theater in downtown Seguin, Texas. His father was also a former city councilman and his mother a travel writer for their local newspaper. In an effort to spare his life, the defense noted that while in jail, Daniels had since found God. Several friends and family members of the defendant also took the stand to speak to his so-called character, all of whom were completely in shock when they had learned what he had done. A former psychiatrist who evaluated Hollis Daniels in 2020 also testified in court. He said that the defendant had an above-average IQ and scored low for psychopathy at the time he was treated. And according to several sources, including everythinglubbock.com, the psychiatrist also offered up his opinion that there were two distinct factors potentially contributing to the murder of Officer Floyd East Jr., one being the fact that Daniels was under the influence of an extremely high dose of Xanax at the time, which in some cases can result in aggressive behavior, and two, that the defendant's pre-existing clinical depression played a role in his decision-making on the night of the killing. Hollis Daniels' father also testified in court. He explained that his son's depression was in part rooted in the death of the defendant's childhood caretaker, who was tragically killed in a car wreck his freshman year of college. Daniel's father then went on to say that he noticed a change in his son's behavior after that. His father also told the jury that he was aware of his son's marijuana use, but was blind to his excessive use of other controlled substances, specifically Xanax. Hollis Daniel's father also went on to say that his son had little to no desire to attend the university but that his parents made him go regardless. Hollis Daniels would later admit that the only reason he did want to go to Texas Tech 
was because he heard it was a party school. Prior to his sophomore year, the defendant's mother, Janice, became concerned that her son's depression was only getting worse. It was during this time she first reached out to a therapist. After meeting with the 19-year-old, his therapist wrote his mother, Janice, an email. In it, he highly advised her to keep her son out of school for the fall 2017 semester due to his declining mental health. According to their correspondence, the therapist also informed Hollis Daniel's mother that he was suicidal and, quote, had a death wish. He told her that Daniels desperately needed more help than he could provide and explained that she should seek out a specialized psychiatrist. However, despite receiving the opinion of a licensed professional, Paulus Daniels' mother allegedly ignored the therapist's recommendation altogether and instead chose to re-enroll her son at Texas Tech for his upcoming sophomore year. Less than two months later, Officer Floyd East Jr. was murdered inside of the university's campus police station. The defendant's aunt also testified, characterizing Hollis Daniels' mother as selfish. She told the court that his mother Janice was more concerned with remodeling their home in Seguin, Texas, than she was spending money to get her son health insurance insurance that he desperately needed for adequate mental health treatment. On day 11 of his capital murder trial, defendant Hollis Daniels took the stand in his own defense. He told the court how he was bullied as a youth and that in fifth grade he discovered Eminem's music. Daniels explained on the stand how he was influenced by the artist's themes of glorified drug use and general rebellious attitude. He also told the court that he began to use the allowance his father would give him for McDonald's to instead buy weed and synthetic marijuana. And during his high school years, he began selling weed. However, according to the defendant, due to his addictive personality, he wasn't very good at it. Apparently, he was getting high on his own supply. But somewhere down the line, Daniels recalls he began stealing his mother's Oxycontin pills to get high. You name it, Daniels tried it. He didn't enjoy being sober and continued by telling the jury, quote, It was an escape. In a way, it felt comforting that I was being emboldened, that image of falling into darkness. According to his testimony, Daniels' drug use became so extreme that he would do whatever it took to catch a buzz, including huffing computer duster and even drinking Robitussin cough syrup. Eventually, he graduated to using LSD, and his emulation of rapper Eminem soon shifted to Hunter S. Thompson, the gonzo journalist known for snorting lines of cocaine for breakfast. When he got to college, that's when Hollis Daniels claimed he began to spin out of control. He told the court that's when the drug use led to heightened thoughts of self-harm. I would imagine how my body would look after a suicide and who would find me. I would have these really crisp fantasies that I couldn't stop. At this point, I wasn't sober much. When he was prescribed the antidepressant Prozac, Daniels abused that too. During a court recess, the defendant's mother stood up and yelled out to her son, stating, quote, Sweet boy, I love you. Once trial resumed, Hollis Daniels' testimony transitioned to the days leading up to the murder. On the stand, Daniels told the jury that in the hours leading up to Officer East's death, he had robbed someone at gunpoint for over 200 Xanax pills. He claimed that he planned to overdose and take his own life on October 9th, 2017. Daniels then went on to describe the search inside of his dorm, and how the gun kept slipping further and further down his pants each time Officer Snelson patted him down. Daniels explained that while he was in the back of the police car, he began trying to think of how to get rid of the weapon and at one point wondered if he could somehow flush it down a toilet. Hollis Daniels sat next to Officer East for a total of 29 minutes before he ultimately made the decision to retrieve the firearm and kill him, execution style. And while the victim's body camera was found partially broken after Daniels was arrested, investigators managed to recover that footage and the video was shown to the jury. It depicted Officer East's very last moments alive. While the television screens faced away from the courtroom gallery for the sake of the victim's loved ones, 
The audio captured from Officer East's body camera was played aloud for all to hear. The defendant, Hollis Daniels, can be heard on the 2017 recording asking Officer East if he had children right before racking the slide on the stolen 45 caliber handgun and subsequently firing a single round into the back of Officer East's head. Jurors then watched as the body cam footage erratically shook, which reflected the moment Daniels ripped the device from Officer East's uniform. After that, the recording abruptly ended. When asked why he felt the need to ask Officer East about his children before he murdered him, the defendant responded by saying in his drug-induced state that he was convinced that thinking of his family would be a good memory for the officer to have before he died. It was at this moment in the trial when some of Floyd East's family members exited the courtroom in tears. Daniels went on to say that after shooting Floyd East, he turned around and was surprised that he wasn't chasing him. He then explained how he disposed of the body camera before being caught and how he had taken his shirt off and threw it beneath a parked car. Daniels told the jury he didn't remember making it back inside of his dorm building or discarding the handgun, because, again, he was high on Xanax at the time. He did explain, however, that while he was being arrested at the Lubbock Coliseum, he thought he was inside of a church, and that he thought it was the U.S. military who was taking him into custody. In terms of police presence, including SWAT units and more, his recollection in that respect isn't too far off from reality. Daniels claimed that he could remember some things but not others. For example, he said that he had no recollection at all of asking police to kill him following his arrest, though he did remember spitting on them. He also said he had no memory of the phone conversation that was captured on video with his father, the one where he addressed his concerns of getting kicked out of school just hours after murdering a university police officer. When Daniels was asked the simple question of why he killed Officer East, he stated the following. It doesn't make any sense. I thought I was stuck. I thought it was all over. I thought this was an opportunity to commit suicide. It doesn't make sense. There's no rational line of thought that I had. During cross-examination, Hollis Daniels confessed that by the time he'd made it to the briefing room with Officer East, he figured he may as well, quote, go out with a bang. When the state prosecutor asked why he didn't simply point the weapon at Officer East rather than kill him, Hollis Daniels replied by saying, quote, For years, I've wondered why I didn't just kill myself. Before stepping down from the stand, Hollis Daniels said that he no longer wished to die, but accepted the fact that the decision is no longer his to make, and that he understood it would be left up to the jury to decide his ultimate fate. After several weeks of testimony and days of deliberation, the jury finally returned with a verdict in the capital murder trial of now 24-year-old Hollis Daniels on Friday, February 24th, 2023. Good evening. We interrupt our regular programming to bring you a breaking news update. The jury has finally come back from deliberations after three days of deliberations and three weeks of a trial at the Lubbock County Courthouse. Shaylee Sanders is standing by. Hollis, uh, Harless has been given the life sentence instead of capital punishment in the shooting death of Floyd East Jr., a Texas Tech police officer. In the end, Hollis Daniels' life was spared, but he'll never live another day outside of a state prison. When the victim's family was given their opportunity to provide victim impact statements, Floyd East Jr.'s sister addressed the convicted killer, Hollis Daniels, directly. And we've recreated that statement based on the original courtroom transcripts for you to hear now. You had the privilege to be anything in life, but you chose to be a cop killer. Not only did you choose to take our brother's life, but Floyd was everybody's brother here. A kind, loving man. A man that treated you with respect. And in return, you showed him no mercy. No mercy like the coward you are. You didn't give him a chance to fight for his life. I pray that justice shows you the same. No mercy, and that you rot in hell. When Daniels was asked by a reporter if he had anything to say to the victim's family, he replied simply by stating, quote, no, not right now. After Hollis Daniels was ordered to serve the rest of his natural life behind bars inside of a Texas state penitentiary, 
Floyd East Jr.'s wife Carmen delivered a message to her community, along with the friends and family standing at her side. To the Lubbock and to the El Paso community, from the entire family and I, we say thank you for five long years of your support and your love. Please make your actions be peaceful and meaningful for your own peace of mind and your actions affect everyone. Guns are not the problem. Humanity, lack of respect for each other is to blame. Alice Daniels' defense attorney also spoke with the media outside the courtroom. Obviously, this case was a tragedy. Uh, Regardless of the jury's verdict of life in prison, uh, there are no winners. The East family lost a fine man. We appreciate the jury's uh, diligent consideration of the evidence. Over 21 hours of deliberation, uh, we're pleased with the result uh, and, and just appreciate their hard work. In March of 2023, Hollis Daniels was transferred to Bird Unit Prison in Huntsville, Texas, where he will serve out the remainder of his life sentence. At the time of releasing this episode, the outcome of the wrongful death suit against Texas Tech University, filed on behalf of the late officer Floyd East Jr., is still pending. 